Hello, friends, and welcome to Brainworms, the podcast revealing the dark secrets that they don't want you to know. I am Joe. I will be joined by David Kane and Chris very shortly because we are continuing to read The Moon People, a weird, poorly written, unedited science fiction novel written by a weirdo. But before we do that, I'm going to remind you to go to wegiveyoubrainworms.com where you can find our Patreon. You can jump into our Discord, do all the things. So yeah, let's read Moon People. Ladies and gentlemen, today NASA Observatory has spotted a huge meteor headed toward Earth at a high rate of speed, coming very close. However, NASA officials believe that it will not hit Earth. It appears to be the size of a small moon. They are also concerned about concerned about it hitting the sun or our moon. Wait, why would it be bad if it hits the sun? It wouldn't in any any conceivable way. Also, a moon-sized object coming close to Earth? Real bad. Yeah, even if it doesn't hit, that's going to cause some problems. Mhm. Yeah. Also, like I feel like by 2048, it's fair to say that if we can now, today, mm-hmm. pretty accurately determine what objects in space are going to be coming anywhere near Earth within like six months, by then, they're probably going to have that shit figured out. You'd think, yeah. Yeah, especially if it, like the larger the object is, the more stable it's going to be in its flight path. Like the easier right. it's going to be to predict... Also, if you are faint of heart, do not look up. It's like a YouTube video about like all the free floating bodies around near Earth's orbit. Don't look that up unless you want to be like, oh, my God, at any moment we could be hit by an astral body and like it could change everything. Yeah. Space trash is real. There's lots there. There's there's so much. (laughs) Uh Hey, hey, David. Yeah. You know why you can make soup? With moon rocks better than soup with earth rocks? Why is that, Joe? Because a moon rock is a little meteor. <laughs> Listeners, someone please donate $30 so I can buy a slide whistle. <sighs> they are also concerned about it hitting the sun or our moon. They believe if it hits any other planet, we should be all right. Oh, oh, you think? You think it'll be fine if it hits planets like hundreds of times? <laughs> <laughs> It hit Pluto. Eh, it's Fuck, fine. We're like, yeah, of course it's fine. <laughs> because it's fucking Pluto. Yeah. No one cares about Pluto. I care about Pluto. <laughs> You'll always be a planet to me. That's that's not true, actually. I was pretty early to adopt the idea that uh we should have planetoids and the whole thing is a, a, a ridiculous argument, but I don't really understand why it was such a big deal. Like, look, here's what defines a planet. Because people grew up with a certain idea of things, and they're very, yeah, very... That's exactly why. Yeah. People are protective of what they grew up with, man. Like, that's why we can't have nice things. Yeah, I was, I was going to have a rebuttal, but you said everything. <laughs> <laughs> they believe if it hits any other planet, we should be all right. But NASA experts need to do some more studies and urge everyone not to panic. We're not sure about anything yet. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Don't panic. We have no idea what's happening. What we do know is it's coming from the direction of the constellation of Scorpio at the tail area. 
heading this way, going approximately 60,000 miles an hour, and it is a planet killer. Wait, wait, what? Wait, hang on, 60,000? That's incredibly slow. 60,000 miles an hour? Yeah, that's really, really slow for, like, astral travel. What is the average rate of speed for something traveling in space? Out of orbit? I have no clue. I just know that, like, to get from one solar system to, like, the closest one at any practical speed, it's way more than that. Like, super way more. Sure, sure. I mean, I I guess at this point they're assuming that it's, like, already in or right on the outside of our solar system. But I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Wait, where, wait, okay, hang on. Where is it? We've detected it. Where did we detect it? Is it outside of the solar system? Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. It's a huge meteor headed toward Earth at a high rate of speed, coming very close. That's what we know. And it's coming from the direction of the constellation of Scorpio at the tail area. We also know that it's a planet killer. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Shit, it's a Death Star. (laughs) That's no moon. <laughs> uh, uh, there's nothing sharp in here, damn it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, Jesus. I just, this is, my God. It appears to be the size of a small moon. They are also concerned about it hitting the sun or our moon. They believe if it hits any other planet, we should be all right. But NASA experts need to do some more studies and urge everyone not to panic. We're not sure about anything yet. What we do know is, it's coming from the direction of the constellation of Scorpio at the tail area, heading this way, going approximately 60,000 miles an hour, and it is a planet killer. Um, we repeat, I, I just please do up. not panic. Yeah. <laughs> I just looked this up. The Earth orbits the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. Fair enough. Okay. So go fuck yourself, Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> we repeat, please do not panic. Now we resume you to your regular programming. I just... <laughs> I think in the in all of the uh, interludes and interruptions here, we kind of missed the the fact that this is a very brief little thing right. where a guy breaks in on the radio. Hey, there's a planet killing asteroid headed toward the Earth. Don't panic. Don't worry about it. We think we'll be okay. It's a planet killer. Don't panic. Yeah. We now return you to your regular programming. <laughs> Breaking news: the the world is ending as we know it. Maybe. Don't panic. Now back to the Rolling Stones. Yup. <sighs> David was thinking to himself, period. <laughs> <laughs> that is where your thoughts go, yeah. Oh my god, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this. Could this be the end of us all that everyone predicted? Panic! There were a lot of religious leaders predicting the end of the world recently. The topic at the time was very frightening. I wonder if Sherol heard it on the news at the restaurant. Religious leaders have been warning about the end of the world since religion. That's pretty much the shtick of religion, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Mean. Definitely the Abrahamic religions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys remember when 2012 was a thing? I do. Yeah, I was there. Shit, you guys remember when 2001 was a thing? Yeah. I think it was yep. 1997 was a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you, you'd think that if you were these religions, you might want to, like, clamp down on that otherwise when you actually figure out the world is ending and when like no one's gonna listen to you it's cassandra you know christian that cried lion yeah (laughs) but then they can't get people to give them their like worldly goods and possessions 
every time that they claim that this is going to happen. Yeah, I've done this all wrong. I should have found it an apocalyptic cult. I could see you pulling that off. I hear that a lot. I don't know what that says about me. As long as you have Kane as like your adjunct punisher or something. Yeah, mm. Kane kind of has some cult leader energy too. Yeah, it's really coming together. Yeah, seriously. As David pulls into Sheral's place, he sees many of the regular locals parked in the parking lot like normal. <laughs> As he gets out of the car, he also notices everyone inside looks normal. <laughs> As he comes to the door, Sheral comes over with a big smile on her face. Hi, stranger. Normal. As she looks at David's face, she realizes something is wrong. Dude, this feels like... Somebody put the search terms moon, people, space, and then clicked enter and had an AI write a book. What I love here is that there are no quotation marks anywhere in any of this. There's dialogue. We think. Ish. <laughs> we think it's dialogue. It's words masquerading as dialogue. This book is a deconstruction of the modern novel, and that's why it's doing what it's doing. Ah, uh ha. -huh. It is a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Yeah, it's postmodernist is what it is. I mean, I think you nailed it when you called it Dadaist. Mm. It's really, I mean, wow. Have we been doing this long enough that we can stop? No. no. I need more. Oh. <sighs> Shiraw comes over with a big smile on her face. Hi, stranger. As she looks at David's face, she realizes something is wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> then Sheral says, you look like you've just seen a ghost. What's wrong? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> David took the worried look off of his face and answered, nothing really. What did Have he do with it? Have you heard the news of he the day He put it in his yet? pocket. But he took the... He's a potato <laughs> head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> At least we're adding our own horror to it, so now <laughs> it's becoming a very different novel to me. But, madam, I wear no mask. <laughs> <sighs> David took the worried look off of his face and answered, Nothing, really. Have you heard the news of the day yet? <laughs> no, Sheral replied. I just got done in the kitchen and came out and seen you. Oh my God. Why? What's wrong? Then David said, It's really nothing to panic about. Well, I just heard something Don't on the radio panic. just minutes ago. They said that there was a big meteor coming right at us from the constellation of Scorpio. It's not a meteor if it's the size of the moon. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's really funny. Ha ha. Then David said, no, really, Sheral, I'm not kidding. Turn on your TV. There should and be something on there now. And then he puts his worried face now. on. <laughs> I'll bet it's on every station. Sheral looks at David kind of funny and looks over at one of her regulars sitting by the TV and said, Bill, can you turn on the TV that's behind you for me? Oh. Bill answered, sure, for you anything. Oh. <laughs> and then Bill puts on his working on stuff face. <laughs> then Sheral said, could you put it on channel oh, nine, man. please? I'm out. You've got this, right? I'm going to go. No, fuck that. Sure, Bill answered. Then on came the TV. The reporter, then on Steve came Slater. The TV. <laughs> Bring on the television, William! Move Zig for great justice. All your base, your base, base, base. All your base, your base, base, base. Someone set us up the bomb. <laughs> Move Zig for great justice. You have no chance to survive. Your Make time. your time. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <sighs> Then on came the TV. 
The reporter, Steve Slater, was talking about the meteor. NASA the reports were saying the meteor is increasing in speed. It the appears meteor. that the meteor is going 69,000 miles nice. an hour. The and meteor! Is climbing in space. <laughs> and is climbing in speed at the rate of 1,000 miles an hour every six hours. From what? This is Steve wait, Slater. No, wait. From 66 or whatever the original no, number was. No, no, as in what's propelling it? It, it could... It could accelerate if it's inside the solar system and is catching the gravity of other planets. Outside of that, if it's in, like, what's propelling it? Clearly it's a Death Star. That's it. Well, I think that's the mystery, isn't it? No, I'm taking no. the paying attention off of my face. And... <laughs> no, no, like, if a body like that accelerates without any significant gravity wells to influence it, then no, no. That's what I, we're going to focus on, Chris. It, 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 Chris, it's aliens. No, that's what I, they're no. setting up. Is that's that what we're going to focus on, Chris. No, like that. That would that. No, would... Chris, I get it. I get what you're saying, but this isn't necessarily bad book. Yeah, what, this is the fact that they've set up that there's a meteor coming, yeah. and they don't know what's causing it to get faster. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. Is that. If it says like it, oh it's it's accelerating, that changes the the news flash from meteorite to UFO. Right, right. Yeah, like, you wouldn't lead with a meteorite accelerating. You would say the meteor. Oh my God. And NASA scientists would know that that like clearly yes. this thing <laughs> is self-propelling. It's not just floating right. through space. Right, because there's literally nothing else that could cause it to gain momentum. Right. What what thing to gain momentum? The meteor. <laughs> The meteor. <sighs> that was fun. Yeah. More fun than the stupid book is. <laughs> yeah. The reporter, Steve Slater, was talking about the meteor. Steve. I'd rather the NASA... reporter be AC Slater, personally. Right? Yeah, turned around backwards on his chair. Yeah. NASA reports were saying the meteor is increasing in speed. It appears that the meteor is going 69,000 miles an the hour meteor. and is climbing in speed at the rate of 1,000 miles an hour every six hours. This is Steve Wait, what? Slater. I take you live to NASA Observatory to talk to I Herbert Larson, you. head astronomer. Can't just make it his own fun I, now. <laughs> this is Steve <laughs> Slater. I take you live to NASA Observatory to talk to <laughs> Herbert Larson, head astronomer, Herbert Larson. These people talk like cavemen in comic books. <laughs> I take you to NASA now. <laughs> At approximately 3.55 a.m. this morning, we spotted a giant meteor in the constellation of Scorpio coming in our direction. At the current rate of speed, it should be here in about 178 days. Now, we believe it's going to miss us by about 25,000 miles. It's going to be real close. We will be following it very closely. <laughs> we have experts on this all over the world. Everyone right now is busy trying to calculate where the meteor is going. The meteor! And if it is going to hit us when it arrives in about 178 days. In case you didn't hear it the first time. Ladies and gentlemen, hopefully with God's help, nothing will go wrong and we will see the most spectacular <laughs> oh. event the world has ever seen since the beginning of time. Oh, we're relying on God's help. Okay, so real quick, just to give everyone some perspective, because I had to look this up. Yeah. It was like, oh, thankfully it'll pass within 25,000 miles. The moon is 238,900 miles from the Earth. Yeah. So, 
No. A moon-sized object passing within 25,000 miles of the Earth would probably rip our atmosphere off. The, uh, look, how tall is the atmosphere? Uh, keep reading. I'll look that up. God was never on your side. <laughs> we will be giving you more information as soon as we know more. Please, it's very important not to panic. It won't Stop, help at all. Don't panic! Stop telling us not to panic. It's going to panic more. It will only make things worse. Now we take you back worse to your regular program. Or better. The news reporters seem to always make things a little more scarier than they need to be for oh effect. So the atmosphere is seven and a half miles tall. Mm -hmm. So I can't tell you what exactly what happened, but I don't think that it would just be like, oh, phew, thank God. I'm pretty sure th like there would be some problems. I don't know yeah. what they are, but... There would be some problems. I feel that that's a good way to phrase it. Problems. The, the news reporters. <laughs> The it. news reporters seem to always make things a little more scarier than they need to be for a Scarier. This is literally the scariest thing that can happen in astronomy. Now, when David came in before everyone knew, it sounded like a regular restaurant with regular restaurant noises. What? As the reporter started telling everyone what was going on, you could hear a mouse burp. What? What? Then at the end of the report, you heard everyone say the same three words. Oh my the god. The meteor comes! <laughs> I've never heard a mouse burp, but now more than ever do I want to hear a mouse burp. <laughs> About half the people immediately got up with a terrified look on their face and said, we have to go, and they paid their tab and left. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> wait, wait, I, 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 I figured it out. Go? Have you guys seen the comic strip? That's like aliens doing normal things, but talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I love that comic strip. It's so good. <laughs> that's what this book is. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> These are all aliens. This isn't our Earth. This is somebody else's Earth. Oh, man. I'm out. You can't be. Just read this book until you get bored and then tell the listeners about wegiveyoubrainworms.com. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, you did this. You suffer with us. Oh, man. Uh, then one of Cheryl's regular customers in the other half of the restaurant said, I'm not going to panic. Hell, it might not even come close to us. 25 miles, awesome, miles is pretty goddamn close, considering it's... <laughs> then David said, it would probably collide with something way before it comes near us. I'm going you to go ahead and that. eat. You don't have to wonder. You can predict that. It's 178 days away. And his response is, I'm going to go ahead and eat. I mean, yeah, finish your lunch. It's fine. <laughs> you got some time. Even if you're worried about it, like finish your fucking cheeseburger. It's fine. Right? I'm not going to panic either. Then everyone realized who David was and what he did for a living. How? He taught high school. Then everyone started to calm down and listen to what he was saying. <laughs> what? The what? Suddenly... Everybody went ahead and ate their breakfast. And then everyone clapped. Also, real quick, I just want to point out that for as catastrophic as this sounds, and I'm not sure that it's, I don't think it's feasible with current technology, but considering this is in the future, this is kind of an ideal situation in which to discover that a moon-sized object is on a collision course. Because that's 178 days. You know, normally it would take you know, some time to scramble some rockets. If only there were giant floating toilet paper rolls yeah. with lasers and missiles on them. 
the thing is that the further away an object is that you alter its course, the less energy you need right. to exert on it to have it miss Earth. So this is kind of an ideal situation. If you fire a laser into space, how long is that laser going to continue going in a straight line? What is it passing by? Well, if you aim it right at this meteor, maybe you get a lucky shot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this becoming Missile Command? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. The, that's God, we're stupid. As you were talking, David, I was like, I played a game like that once. <laughs> yeah. It's asteroid. Played, Back when I, I experienced joy. Oh my God, it's Missile Command. <laughs> <sighs> David turned to Cheryl with a smile and Cheryl said, two, two, two. David said, you know me. Yes, ma'am. What? Coming right what? up, Cheryl replied. She had a sexy smile on her face and then oh, went to the sexy. kitchen. Oh, my God. Now we're getting into furry fan fiction territory. Wait, wait I don't what? know how. How are you drawing that connection? Please elaborate. Oh, because with the whole erotic writing, because they're like cavemen, like fumbling with, with a wheel, like, like words in this analogy. <laughs> it's like, I wiggle my hips sexily. Well, that's oh, more just fan fiction and like, right. you know, not specifically furry porn. Just why do all of these weird kind of self-indulgent hack writers have weird attitudes toward their female characters? Why is that a thing? I mean, because... All she did was have a sexy smile. But that's like the first thing we learn about her appearance. It's true. Because men are trash. I mm. choose to believe that she is a sexy smile since we know nothing else about her. Sure. And maybe because faces in this universe can be taken on yes. and off. She was specifically wearing her sex smile that day. Oh, that makes sense. I really do hope that at some point this does get made into a film and they just use potato heads. <laughs> we could make that with a camera, David. We could. You That's and a I Patreon backer goal right in there. In a box of Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> really just two, because you can pop the features on and off. Could make that movie right now. Oh, man. Goals. <sighs> David grabbed the newspaper and sat down at his usual booth and started reading the paper. In no time, one of Chiral's waitresses came out with his breakfast. David ate pretty quickly. <laughs> he put five dollars on the table and went over to the door of Chiral's kitchen and smiled. He looked at Chiral and said, that was one good breakfast. That was sure quick, Chiral replied. <laughs> I, hate, I hate this. Then David said, yeah, I know. You know what? I've been coming here for a long time, and you know, we never really got to know each other all that well. Oh my god. Do you think maybe that David seemed to be a little nervous? Well, I was wondering if you would like to go out with me sometime? Oh my god. Cheryl put a sexy smile on her face and said, <laughs> you know, I would really like that a lot. David yeah. put a big smile on his face. <laughs> That's great. How about Friday night? <laughs> Cheryl said, okay, that sounds good to me. Super, David answered and was very happy because Cheryl said yes. That's a date then. I'll see you on Friday. Well, I'll see you tomorrow morning for breakfast shut too. Shut up! Shut up! Just shut up! It's over! You've got the date! Shut up! <sighs> Sorry. See, Chris? I, now, you know what? This is good. This is good. That's how easy it is, buddy. Kane, are you trying to turn Chris to the dark side? You just put your sexy smile face on. <laughs> oh, you're and... teaching him how to find sex, I see. Yeah, you put your sexy <laughs> smile face on, 
And then you go and talk to somebody with a regular smile on their face, <laughs> right? And then you give them reason to have a big smile on their face. But you got to make sure you bring all the appropriate faces. Yeah. And just whatever you do, do not <sighs> let your sexy smile slip even for a second. Maintain sexy, <laughs> smile sexy smile through like, the whole I, conversation. It's very important. Look, it's the most mild amount of effort to take the dialogue, that was the best breakfast I've ever had. Like, okay, take that, something that humans never say, and just put a little effort into it and go, man, that's the best eggs you've made yet. And she says dismissively, oh, you always say that. And, and oh, look, characters are talking. Like, wow. Yeah. I should also point out that this entire thing, everything I've read, all of this uh-huh. has been one paragraph. <sighs> there has not been a paragraph break of any kind. And there's no punctuation marking. Well, I lied. There is one point in the book where there are quotation marks. And that is. At the end of the report, you heard everyone say the same three words. Oh, my God. Oh, my God is in quotes. The rest of it, none of it's in quotes. Listen, none of it. because I like to imagine that aspiring writers are, are listening to this show. They're not. I, I know, but that's a thing I like to Joe think about. Joe needs this. There are people out there who will publish your book if you pay them money. Just because you have access to that service does not mean you can just bash your face into Microsoft Word for a couple days <laughs> and then just send that on and go, I'm an author now. No, I mean, technically you can. If you want to be able to, like, say you did something good in this world, it's maybe a different story. Yeah, maybe hire an editor at least. You can do the, the the former thing if you want to be hollow inside and not grow and not become a better writer and just want the title you can but do you want to do you really want to yeah ask yourself i don't surely you have one friend who is reasonably literate that you can just say hey i'm working on some some prose you want to like check it out and tell me if it's good or not like see how it could be improved it's worth the time this is a rough this is not even a first draft this is a rough if my nine-year-old child wrote this i would say like that's that's pretty good i'm impressed you know but for a nine-year-old it's a remarkable understanding of outer space and you know astral bodies and solar systems like all that stuff for a nine-year-old yeah admittedly like i've got some spiral bound notebooks from when i used to do a lot of writing myself that (laughs) have rough copy sort of things in them and that might be fun but this is very much i'm just sitting down stream of consciousness getting down the rough notes Mm -hmm. so that i can make it into something later Mm -hmm. and points were missed because there are steps you get the rough and then you turn that into a first draft right and then you let someone read your first draft never your rough your first draft right after you've gone through and made it into something that is not a rough, and then you create a second draft, and then you endlessly tinker, Mm -hmm. and you die frustrated and alone. I mean, wait, no, you send (laughs) that eventually in to publication, and that's when other people that don't know you get to read it. There were steps missed here. Yeah. There were 
valuable, important steps missed here. Unless this is deliberate postmodernism, which I I don't think it is. I'm not sure, but if it is, it's either the most genius work of postmodern fiction I've ever read, or it's some guy who wrote this in between his 17 jobs while he was solving politics and economics and... And being a, a DIY chiropractor. Right, right, right. Breaking people's bones and... Yep. As he was driving to work, he noticed everyone seemed to be driving a little crazy and yelling at each other. That's when he got to school, way. he noticed everyone was running around panicking. <laughs> Everybody was telling everyone to calm down. When he you got to his down. room no, and got settled down. in. That's a sentence of its yeah, own. I know. When he got to his room and got settled in. Oh, man. A couple of his best students, Billy Berenson and Kathy Rigby, arrived. They were a little panicked and asked David, Mr. Bramer, did you hear the news? Sure, David replied. I'm going to hook up my new telescope and we will all watch it as it gets close to Earth. This that is a special telescope that can see during the day. That... It is one of the latest telescopes out. They're yes. expensive, but they work well. You can hook it up to your computer and watch it on your monitor. With our new chalkboard size class computer monitor. (laughs) What? We can watch it real good in the classroom and it's high definition too. That's just a television. All you need is the correct coordinates laid in. No shit. If I want to look at something in outer space, all you need to do is point the looky thingy at it. (laughs) (laughs) Then Billy said, that's pretty cool, professor. Yeah, that is cool, (laughs) Kathy replied. David spoke up and said, I've got to go. (laughs) David spoke up and said, I've got to go to the office to get some forms. I will be right back, so be good. Billy and Kathy both said, okay, Mr. Bramer. As David arrived at the office. Oh, no. Everyone no. Oh, was God, very no. busy he, and a little panicky. He says it's a classroom. It's just two kids that he has in his basement. <laughs> With just cardboard shit that he's glued together and is insisting is a futuristic telescope. <laughs> he went over to the principal's office and walked in. The principal, Mike Lever, looked at David and said, I'm glad you're here. I just received a phone call this morning from NASA asking about you and wanting to talk to you. Why? They said it was pretty important. They gave me a number for you to call. (laughs) I tried to find out what it was about, but he wouldn't tell me. I'll bet it has something to do with the meteor, doesn't it? I don't know, David answered. I'll call and find out and let you know, Mike. David went ahead and got his forms and went back to class. When he got back, most of his students were starting to arrive. Everyone, one, was kind of loud, so he told everyone to calm down and please sit down. Everyone could start studying his or her books for Friday's test. I have to make a phone call and I'll be right back. David went to the teacher's break room and called the number. Hello, this is NASA Operations Bud Walker speaking. (laughs) Yes, how are you doing? My name is David Bramer. I am a 12th grade teacher at New Smyrna Beach High School. (laughs) 
I was told someone was wanting to talk to me about something and that it was important. That's the end of chapter one. I mean, it's fucking transparent that I used to work with UFOs, but I got bored and left my job at NASA. Now there's a random object in space coming toward the Earth, and NASA is calling to talk to me. Mm. Gee, I wonder why they might want to talk to him. I, no, no, I know what you're saying. I know that this is a setup for getting him into the plot. But, you know, NASA doesn't have just one UFO guy. If, <laughs> if David was, like, the best of the best in that regard, and but he left because he wanted to teach the youth and he thought, I don't know, his colleagues were too close-minded, something like that. Like, he was the best of the best, so they need to get him. Yep. This, this is... <sighs> we finished the first chapter. Do we want to just stop for our sanity, or do we want to... I... Like, I kind of want to push into where, like, things start happening. If nothing else, there's definitely more gold in these hills. I know I'm having, like, yeah. a meltdown, but this is the most alive I've felt in years. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> also, Joe, I paid money for this book, me uh -huh. personally. Yep. I, at, one, at a dark point in my life, probably spent thousands of dollars on booze in a way too of a like short period of time for it to be healthy i regret this more <laughs> but you also said you've felt more alive than you have i know this is terrifying <laughs> i think that this book might be mm -hmm. a psyop <laughs> against whom possibly just me personally i'm not sure but Look, like, look, the people I, who are dumb enough to enjoy this book don't know how to read. I want to finish this. Like, I, I am on board with well, let's devote the rest of our podcast <laughs> to finishing this book. Do you want to come back next week? Because we'll come back next week. I think it would be worthwhile to at least get another chapter in. Like, I know that it's not going to get better, but it's just... I think once aliens start getting involved, this might get fucking bananas. Oh, it's going to get real weird. I Dude, think. it's already but, bananas. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's weird because part of me is like, yeah, maybe we should just jump forward and. No, no, you no. Know, we, but we need every the setup. step of this needs to be experienced. Sure. I swear. I'm in the same boat, but I have a stipulation. I say we write it for as long as it's funny. As soon as it starts getting, like, you know, samey, then we we bail. Yeah, I think um, this is a pretty good place to stop for now. And uh, I do want to hear some more of this, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that this is so weird and it's only going to get weirder. Yeah. This is the shit that this podcast was invented for. <laughs> if only, like, I mean, setting aside the fact that its main character's name is David... And it's all about the moon. Do you feel like you're talking about yourself in the third person? Like I said, this information was never supposed to get released. Oh, nice. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Real quick. Yeah. David, in the book, was it calling the astral body a meteorite or a meteoroid? A meteor. I'm going to look this up just so just because I might be an asshole. It's just the meteor. 
But yeah, I think we're coming back to this next week. Uh. It's weird, but I almost under, like at the start when we were talking about the five star ratings and everything, I, mm-hmm. I didn't understand, but I, I, it's, there's something yeah. just transcendently terrible about this. In new and surprising ways with every sentence. We might not need to make any more brainworms after we finish <laughs> with this book. Because like it's it will have just said all we came to say. Wait. Wait, wait. Does that mean <laughs> that I could go into the furnace forever? No. Hell no. No, no. I, I didn't invest all that time and money into making you And blood. Don't forget blood. Yeah, well, so much blood. Yeah, Kane, we're selling you to the highest bidder. Okay, well, um, unless somebody else has something to add, I think we're going to take a break for now and just come back next time. So, yeah, I guess join us next time for more Adventures of David Bramer, 12th grade teacher at New Smyrna Beach High School. Maybe this book will be better if we imagine him as Frasier. Maybe this book will be better if we get super fucking loaded while we read it. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and do all the things. Uh, We give you brainworms.com. We have a Patreon. Thank you for listening, and uh, we're really sorry, but we're not going to (laughs) stop. This has been a production of Brainworms Presents. Any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review. Brainworms Podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is HodgePod Number 1 by Brian Davis. If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at WeGiveYouBrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. One good breakfast.